Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, back again with another episode for y'all. In this episode, man, I'm going to be telling you about this story about this mother, man, that became a CI to keep her son from going to prison, right? This is something that I don't think a lot of people are aware of that happens, but there are other cases like this where, you know, you had a parent that was on the outside, a son on the inside that uh, they were trying to help, so they did things in the streets to help them. You also, you know, this story here is about a mother that uh, that uh, agreed to be a confidential informant to keep her son from going to prison. So I want to share this story with you because I think it's uh, something that's worthwhile for you to hear, and uh, I think that you can learn something from it, right? But let me just tell you this story about this woman named Janice, right? She uh, lost her husband. He had a massive heart attack. Uh, before he died, uh, they were living a middle-class lifestyle. Uh, they had one child, a uh, son uh, that uh, was doing well in school. Uh, you know, the, 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 the life, you know what I'm saying? They had the, the picket fence and the, the car and the dog and all of that kind of stuff in a nice neighborhood and not a care in the world as far as you could see. And uh, after the, her husband died, they were able to maintain for a while, but the insurance uh, money was coming through slow a lot of issues going on with that and they had a lot of debt that they had to pay because of some things that were going on with the husband uh, the husband's business and so they didn't have a lot of money left over right so like a lot of people out there living paycheck to paycheck but it looks good on the outside you know from the outside looking in but in this situation uh, they ended up having to move into the projects until things got better for them but while they were in the projects uh, her son, um, he found himself involved in a lot of things that were going on. You know, his name was Reggie. He found himself involved in a lot of things that were going on that he didn't even realize were going on. You know what I'm saying? He, they moved to the projects, and like I say, uh, in this area that they moved in, uh, from what I understand, there was a lot of things going on, drugs, uh, gang activity, uh, prostitution, you know, violence every night, shootings every night. Uh, people being shot and stabbed, and all of those types of things. This environment really shocked the conscience of Reggie because he had never seen anything like this other than on TV. Janice, uh, she had some uh, awareness of what was going on just because she was an adult and she wasn't green to the world. But Reggie had no clue. So Reggie, he's out one day and he befriends this guy named Benny. He's a young guy, he's close to his same age. He befriends him and they end up going to Benny's house playing video games. But while they're in Benny's room playing video games, Benny's brother, Clive, is selling dope out the front door. People running in and out. But again, Reg is not aware of all of these things that are going on, you know what I'm saying? So after a few weeks of, of Benny and, 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 and Reggie becoming friends and playing video games, uh, Reggie notices that Benny is always leaving, you know what I'm saying, at least once out of the week to carry a package somewhere for his brother. His brother would just come in the room, say, go ahead and take his to such and such. He would hand it to him. Uh, 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 Benny would leave, be back in about 15 minutes. Reggie never thought anything of it, right? But check this out. After a few weeks and stuff that's gone by, the brother Clive, he tries both of them. He gives Benny and uh, Reggie a package and tell them to deliver. So when they get outside on the porch, Benny tells Reggie, said, look here, 
I want you to take that down to this street, end of this street and give it to the person that are knocking on the door. They're going to open the door. You step in. You hand them the package. You wait for them to give you an envelope. Then you come back and then you give that envelope to my brother. And then we straight. We can get us some money and buy some video games. Reggie thinks nothing of it. It's cool with him. He does it. He doesn't know what's in the package. He was told not to open it, so he didn't open it. Right? So both of them are, both of them are standing around, you know what I'm saying, doing this thing. And then when they get back, they hand the envelopes, both of them, to their, the, uh, 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 to Clive, and Clive hands both of them a $100 bill. Uh, Reg is super excited about that. He's never had a $100 bill in his life. He hadn't had to have that kind of money. His mother and father, before he died, they'd always taken care of whatever he needed. You know what I'm saying? He got a little allowance, but not $100 just for running down the street. No, that's not how it worked. You know what I'm saying? For him in his life. But now, here he's met this friend that's turned him on to this, just running a package down the street, he gets $100. Well, he doesn't tell his mother what happened. And now, it's starting to be more frequent that he's running these packages and he's getting this money. You know what I'm saying? So now, he's part of the operation without even realizing what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, one day at school, the principal calls uh, uh, Reggie into the office. It's two officers there to talk to him. They show him these pictures. They see him and uh, uh, Benny on the porch with the packages in their hand. Reggie doesn't understand what's going on. He just tells them the truth. Yeah, we were told by Clive to deliver these packages, so on and so forth, down the street. That's what we did. He gave us $100. He just admitted to being a part of a criminal organization. He don't even know that, right? So they talk crazy to him. And keep in mind, he's 12 years old, right? They talk crazy to him, threatening him. He doesn't understand all of this. He's scared. The principal calls his mama, tells him to come pick him up. They talk crazy to the mama, say that something is going on with their son, that she needs to be a better parent, this, is and that. She snaps out on them, telling them, you don't know me, you don't know my life and what we've been through. I do the best I can under the circumstances and blah, blah, blah. But what they didn't say, what they didn't say is that before she came down to the, they called her from work, but before she got there, they had gotten a wiretap warrant, and they bugged the house. They bugged the house. So when she takes her son home, she takes her son home, she gets into the house, and she asks Reggie what is really going on. He tells her everything. The same thing he told the detectives, but here's the flip right here. His mother, Janice, she tells him, look, give me the money, and we're not going to say another word about it. She takes the money, and her intentions are to use it to get caught up on some bills. But she doesn't know that the place is wiretapped. About 2 in the morning, knock come at the door. It's the two detectives, right? They come in, talk to her, say, look, we need you to listen to something. They hit the press button. Boom. The recorder comes on. They hear the whole conversation. Now she's listening to the whole conversation her and Reggie had just had about the money and what he had done. Now she knows what's going on. She took this money. She did, her intention was to use the money to pay some bills. Uh-oh, she's part of the conspiracy now. She's part of the conspiracy. So she goes off because she's like, what the hell y'all doing? Why tapping my house and this, this, and that? We're not criminals. We're not doing this and that. Man, the police snap out on them. They start treating the whole up. You, while you running your mouth, you just committed to being a part of a criminal enterprise, and we could take your ass to jail right now and take your son to juvenile, and ain't nothing you can do about it. 
So now she's scared. They say, sit your ass down. She sits down. Ready sits down at the table. Now the police are telling them what they need to do to keep from going to jail. You need to help us catch Clive and Benny selling these drugs because Clive and Benny is two gang members that's selling drugs in this whole neighborhood and is responsible for, they think, five people dying from drug overdoses laced with fentanyl. Now they're really scared. What is going on? These two people that come from middle class now all of a sudden are caught up in a criminal enterprise and face going to penitentiary, being separated. Don't, don't forget, Red is 12 years old now. Red is 12. And his mama is heartbroken because she's widowed because her husband had a heart attack and died. Their lives have been flipped upside down more than an hourglass. But they don't know what to do. And the police seize on it and they say, this is what you do. You help us collect information against Benny and, and Clive, and we'll forget about this. You help us get them, and then you go free. Well, you already know. The mother bear comes out of her, and she says, well, I'll do whatever I got to do to make sure that me and my son don't go to jail and be separated. So they start using them. Reggie invites Benny and Clive over to the house right, to get a home-cooked meal because he had never seen their parents. He didn't know that their parents were in federal prison for selling drugs. He didn't know that. This is a family affair when it comes to this with them. But he didn't know that, and Janice didn't either. They come over to the house. She cook them a home-cooked meal. Mm, don't play with fire. You might get burned, y'all. Guess what happened? When Reggie and Benny in the, in the, in the back room playing video games, Clive, he pops on the mama, ask her, what's up? What's your life like? He come real hard with it, street. I don't see no man around here. She tells him, unaware that she giving up too much game, that her husband has passed away, you know what I'm saying, and they had to move here to make ends meet and so on and so forth. So what Clive do? He think he macking, but he really tricking. But that, anyway, people say it ain't tricking if you got it, though, but I don't agree with that. But anyway, this is what he did. He dropped a 1000 on the table. Here, take this. She took it because it's part of the plot. Everything is being videotaped and recorded now. And then he pull up on her. He said, look here, you can get more of that if you need it. Help me out, I'll help you out. So then he grabbed and he pulled her close to him tried to kiss her, but she leaned back. She ain't with that. She don't want no parts of that. But then again, you know, she's thinking, I gotta play my role, I gotta play my role. She feel his hand slide down her back. He grips her butt cheeks, pulls her close to him. She said, uh-uh, uh-uh, the kids is here. We can't do that. He said, that's right, mommy. I'll come back another time. He kissed on the jaw. She pushes away from him. Clive said, Benny, let's go, man. They leave. She sits down at the table. Reggie's in there. He sees her face. She's flush. He don't know what to think. What's wrong? Are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm okay, baby. She picks up the phone. She calls the, the detectives and tells them, look, I can't do this. All Reggie here on the phone is, yeah, 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 you going to do it. You going to do it. Uh, this and that. They ain't giving her no error. They just heard what happened. And they got a videotape, too. They just seen this man push up on this woman. But they don't care nothing about that. They want Clive and Benny. They want them. 
So whatever she has to endure, there it is. That's just what it is, right? So the next day, Reggie goes to school. Guess who's there? <laughs> the detectives again, trying to get him to do some more stuff. Telling him, look here, you just gotta keep playing your role. If he asks you to deliver package, deliver them. Take the money and you keep it. They're telling him he can keep the money. They're telling him to keep the money. You're telling a 12-year-old he can keep $100. This the police telling him that one minute he was in trouble, now they're telling him he can keep it. Sending him mixed signals. He do what they say. He do what they say. They keep doing it for months, months, months are going by. They really not making no progress. So they bump down again at two in the morning. Detectives Austin and Bell, she opens the door and lets them in. When they get in, they say, look, we gotta do something to get him to commit to selling some drugs. Tell him that you got some relatives that live outside that are looking for some work, some quantity, good stuff, and that you'll introduce us to, the, to him and we'll buy it from him. And after that, you're free. We'll move you out of this area, put you back in a nice area. Nobody will ever know about what you've done for us. We'll protect you. Well, well, well. This is where it gets thick, y'all. This is where it gets thick. She gets Clive to come down to the house. She got the perfume on, smelling good, smelling good. You know, he gets down there. She cooks the meal for all four of them. Everybody's eating, enjoying themselves. Reggie and Benny go back to the bedroom to play video games. Now Clive is left alone at the table and she's putting the dishes in the sink. And she says, look here, how can I get some of that money? He said, you know what you gotta do to get some of this money? And she's like, no, I don't wanna do that. You know, I'm still, you know what I'm saying, in love with my husband. She tried to play him like that, right? He was like, look, I can get ass from anybody. If you want to get some of this money, you need to bring something to the table. He said, yeah. Yeah, bring something to the table. She said, okay. Tell you what, I got some relatives outside of town, right, that in another state that might be interested in doing business, but... I don't know how much they can spend. You know, they got money, but I know they get high. You know what I'm saying? They be throwing parties for all their ritzy friends. You know, she building it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he was like, oh, okay then. So she said, well, give me the prices of what this and that is. So he started giving her prices, you know what I'm saying, for like quarter ounces and ounces. She's like, nah. Now you got anything bigger than that? So he started giving her the prices for, you know, the quarter brick and the brick, you know. And she's like, oh, they got that kind of money. They got that kind of money. And he was like, oh, okay then. Because he told us 17.5 for the brick. The whole thing, that's a kilo, y'all, y'all don't know. So he said, okay, you let me know what it is. Check them out, make sure it's on the up and up. And then I give it to you and you, you, you get the money and give it to me. All of this is being recorded. He don't know it though. But she said, no, no, I'm not doing that. You gonna have to be over here. I'm not, I'm not a drug dealer. You're going to be over here 
when it goes down so you can get your money so it ain't going to be no funny business. You know what I'm saying? He said, that's what's up. You want daddy to be over here to protect you. Now she playing, yeah. Yeah, you come over here to protect me. She leaned into him. He looked at her. Now he throwed off. When she come aggressive at him, he can't handle it like most dudes. You know what I'm saying? When the woman lean into them, it's like, oh, wait a minute. That ain't the role you're supposed to play. You know what I'm saying? Be submissive, blah, blah, blah. She sees that, though. You know, she, that when she saw that, she know she got him in. He off balance. He ain't no real dude. He's still a boy. They leave. She called a detective and said, was that good enough? They're like, yeah, that was good enough. Later on that night, guess who comes back? It's two in the morning, three in the morning. She thinks it's his detectives. It's Clyde. Reggie's knocked out sleep. He don't even get up. He steps in the door and says, look, I got something for you. Duffel bag. Got a whole brick in it. He said, I'm going to go ahead and leave this over here. And when it goes down, we ain't got to go nowhere to get it, so on and so forth. I just need you to hide this somewhere for me. She takes it into the bedroom. He follows her into the bedroom. He shuts the door behind her. When he shuts the door, he said, well, what about that there? She said, what about what? He said, there. He points down at her. She got on a, a little gown that goes right midway, right above her knees. He's looking at her. His eyes, he can't take his eyes off of her. Typical dope boy. Feel like everybody's going to be submissive to him. He didn't really like what she did to him earlier, so really he's trying to make a point. I run this. You submit to me. So he tells her, if you want to do this, you need to come here. And she knows that her bedroom is not wired up. She knows that can't nobody see this. So she knows she's all alone, no help. She goes to him. She kisses him. This guy is 10 years younger than her. He's not a man yet. He's a boy acting like a man. But she's a mother trying to save her child and herself from prison. So she kisses him. He likes it. She feels his heart beating through his shirt, about to jump out his chest, but he's trying to play it cool. She takes her hand and rubs it across his chest, rubs it down over his abdomen. She can tell he's excited. She feels him. And she tells him, no, not tonight. Not tonight. We'll do this after the deal. She kisses him again, long, wet kiss. She knows she's got him now. So he leaves. She sits down on the bed. She starts to cry. Why does she start to cry? Because she knows if she don't get out of here real soon, she's gonna have to let this man sleep with her. Now, she ain't got no problem with moving on with her life. She wants some man in her life, but not this man. 
not this kind of man. She wants the right man in her life to be the example for her son, someone like his father. But she's found herself in a situation where she doesn't have many options. Now. What does she do? She goes to sleep that night thinking about her husband and what he would do and how she was all alone. The next morning she gets up, she pretends nothing happened. She goes on about her business, she cooks breakfast for Reggie. Reggie goes off to school, everything's fine. It's to go down that night. She's already told Detective Bell in Austin what the business is. They got the money on the way, they're coming. The place is already wired up. Feds have been put on notice. SWAT team is ready, they're coming because they expect it to be a violent situation because Clive has been known to pull the trigger. They get over there, they pull up something real nice and flashy, dope boy car, you know what I'm saying? They get out of the car, music bumping, you know, going to the house, chilling. Clive is watching, they don't know it from a distance. He watching, trying to see who they are. He see the license plate. He runs the license plate with a friend of his he has in the police department. But the feds already think that he's got some inside help, so they've already made sure that the license plate is gonna check out. They're watching everything. They intend to take Clyde down tonight. But time is slowing down. They're getting nervous now because Clyde was supposed to be here 10 minutes ago. He hasn't shown up. The dope is already in the house. They know that because she told them. They got the money, but they need Clyde on the scene. He ain't no fool, though. He ain't stupid at all. They think he is, but he's not. He calls her, and he tells her on the phone, and said, look, I can't make it. Just go ahead and take care of that. I trust you. She was like, nah. They want to meet you. It's like, well, no deal, and hung up. She calls him back at the request of the officers. Tells him, okay, we'll do it like that this time. Next time ain't nothing. So they leave the money, take the product, and they roll out. They roll out. They got to make it look good. They market as evidence, and they take it on in. The supervisor is going off. You told me that this was going to end tonight, but it didn't. Now, 17-5 is gone, but they'll get it back. That's what the officers keep telling them. We'll get it back. So they wait about a week. Now they want to set up another deal. They want more this time. Clive is cool with it. They need two this time. That's 35 racks. Run it. This time when he comes over to the house to try to drop it off, she say, uh-uh. She won't even let him in. You're going to have to do this. I'm not going to keep doing this. You're not going to start this. He laughs, but he gets greedy. He wants that money. She's making more money for him in one move than what he's making in a week, running it up and down the street, selling these ounces in, 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 in quarter bricks. So he's like, okay then, I'll be back. So that night, 
They show up again. You got the briefcase full of them humdums. Clive comes over, knocks on the door. He walks in, they sit down at the table, they talk to big boy, talk a little bit here, a little bit there, they eat, then they say, what you got? The sack has been sitting by his leg the whole night. He picks it up, puts it on the table. When he pulls it out on the table, they up them things on him. DEA, buddy. They kick the door in. Reggie and Benny in the back room, they go get them. They grab her, throw her down for good measure. They truck them all out, put them all in cars. Next thing you know, they separate. Reggie and Janice, one way, Ben and Clive, the other way. Reggie's crying because he knows that it's over. His mother's crying because she knows that it's over. Benny and Clive looking at each other, crying because they know that it's over. They know that it's over. They get Janice and Reggie down to the station and they say, look, we appreciate your help. We're gonna get you some new identities. We're gonna move you to the Midwest, put you under witness protection and you won't have to worry about this again. Clive and Benny, another story. Clive is booked. Yeah, Clive is uh, getting ready to be booked into the federal system. They took uh, Benny to the juvenile facility. He's appointed a guardian because he doesn't have any family. Uh, his, both his parents are already in federal prison and now his brother is headed to federal prison. And this is how this is gonna end. They're gonna find out when they go to court that uh, Janice is gonna be testifying against him. It was a setup. But this all started because of a friendship made between Reggie and Benny. Reggie had no idea what was going on. He had no idea that he was trafficking drugs. But this goes to show you, y'all, what a mother would do for her child. She'll do almost anything. And this is true stuff that's going on, right? I got other stories like this, you know what I mean? And I'll be telling some of those, too. So just stick around. It's been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, and I say peace, y'all.